1: News from the Nest with Vinny and
2: Haney. Sponsored by Hillside Lawn Service, the experienced lawn care specialists.
1: 1057 The Fan. Vinny and
3: Haney back here on 1057 The Fan, getting you some news from the Nest. Cordell Woodland here for Bob. Still with Vinny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass. We're going to hear some audio from both the offense and the defensive coordinator. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball here from Mike McDonald. Here's Mike McDonald talking about uh, stopping game-winning drives.
4: I think when you when you're looking at you know fourth-quarter drives to win the game, you're not really thinking in terms of the calls and plays. You're thinking in players, of players and matchups. And my um, guys understand you know it's hard to stop a team with four down. So a lot of times it's a takeaway or a sack that you know leads to victories in those situations. So our mindset is to go out and and play our technique and be aggressive.
3: Yeah, and honestly, I agree with him there. When you think about late-game situations, defense on the on the field, either trying to hold on to the win or trying to get the ball back to their offense, especially when they're holding, trying to hold on to a win, it's very rare that they get the success by getting the team off the field on fourth down. It's usually, yeah. like he said, a sack or a turnover, something to get them off script.
5: Yeah, that that's... You can't let them get into a rhythm and get comfortable. And, you know, the offense trying to do the same thing, Cordell. I mean, you're trying to get the matchups that you want. Um, and the defense is trying to get the matchups that they want. So there's a lot of one-on-one battles going on at those times.
3: Real quick, I know this isn't necessarily Ravens-related, but Brandon Staley just got fired just now. So... Uh, I just saw the Nolan just told me and I look on Twitter and I see it. Ian Rappaport reports the charges are cleaning house after last night's disaster firing coach Brandon Staley and the GM Tom Telesco.
5: Oh, they fired them both. Both out. So basically what they're telling everybody out there is, um, you know what that tells me? That they're either going to try like a Belichick or a Harbaugh because neither one of those are, they're going to want their own GM kind of guy.
3: And I, I know we could get into this later, but I mean, is anybody giving Bill Belichick control over another roster in this oh, sure. day and age? I just don't think that's a recipe for success. I mean, I love Bill. I I, I think very highly of Bill Belichick, mm-hmm, yeah. but I think Bill Belichick, the GM needs to kind of go away.
5: Yeah. That's why, you know, and, and Jim Harbaugh, he coached at the University of San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's where he started out. Did a good job there, then went to Stanford, then the Niners. So, um, and he's been good with quarterbacks. And, you know, the thing with Belichick would be, all right, I got this great quarterback, you know, who, who's your coordinators haven't been great as of no. late. And you haven't been great since Tom Brady left. Mm-hmm. But they feel like they got a Tom Brady Whereas I think Harvins is what, like 60, Jim?
6: Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how old he is. But. You
5: know, and he can he can develop that quarterback.
3: Let's go back to the Ravens. We're hearing from defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. We heard one already on stopping the game-winning drives. Let's hear one more from Mike McDonald on if he's concerned about the run game.
4: I'm not going to call it a concern, but absolutely, absolutely area for improvement. It goes with every aspect of the defense, right? You're always evaluating it. We're doing it in game, making adjustments of front structures. We want to play personnel groups. The Rams are a little unique in how they, uh, in terms of what we've seen throughout the year. So, making sure we're playing the plays that we need to be able to play. And you turned the tape on. So a lot of it is we're not calling different things throughout the game, but how we're playing the plays and guys getting used to it, there's something to be said about that.
3: Look, I, I think the run game is the one sore spot on that defense right now. If you got to find one, that's the run game. I mean, I, I remember when I sat in here during the bye week and we were talking about yep. what did we what were we concerned about. The the run game was the thing for me on the defensive side of the ball. And I and I think it's again, I think it's only for when teams are truly game planning for the run, when they make a true commitment to the run game. We haven't seen a lot of explosive plays given up in the run games, but it's been when teams are constantly, you know, pounding the rock on them that they kind of break at some point.
5: Cordell, the games they the Rams the Niners, the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. What do they all have in common? But
3: well, they're all part of that same family tree. They right. all run the zone running scheme. Yeah, yeah. The, so, a lot of those toss. The Dolphins love to do this, like, off-tackle toss play where it more. looks like it's going outside, but they find a way to cut it right back up.
5: Now, you don't think, plus, you don't think that uh, old McVay is going to talk to Shanahan oh, yeah. about it, too? Oh, yeah. So, um... They're going to they're gonna have to be able to be able to defend that type of offense. That's the big thing. The, the thing that concerned me was they couldn't get off blocks. Mm-hmm. And just, I, if I'm Mike, I'm like, where the hell was the intensity? That, that's the thing.
3: Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Let's hear from offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. We know Lamar Jackson. He's got the, all the keys to the car. This year, He has full control over the offense. He's making adjustments at the line of scrimmage. That was a big talking point during training camp. Here's Todd Munkin talking about how often Lamar
7: does use the audible. It doesn't come up as, as often as you would think. But when it does come up, he has the authority to do that. You know, in terms of within the scheme of what we're doing or the concept itself. There's not one concept that if Lamar doesn't like, we don't run it. I mean, I ask him. As the week goes on, you know, depending on it, could be a shot, could be a quick game, could be anything that's in there, like, let's go through them. Do you not feel comfortable with this? And if you don't, then we take it out.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I think if that's great. If in doubt, throw it out. Yeah, that, that's that's a match made in heaven right now. I mean, it seems like that Lamar and Todd Monkin relationship has been really good to this point, And I think it's because... Todd Markin's not babying him, you know. He's treating him like a professional. He's he want Lamar has emphasized how, you know, he is a true quarterback, and I don't think he needed to persuade us of that. But you know, he's he's a he's being able to do, do different things in this offense that he wasn't allowed to do in the past, and I think the more communication that they have between each other, the better.
5: Yeah, and and I think the big the biggest difference is is row wouldn't allow him to right. do anything. Right. He was basically just. A puppet, mm-hmm. and and then what what were we hearing all the time? Oh, Lamar playing video games all night, he sleep. All right, and what do we hear about Lamar now? You know, he's studying more. Why? Because this guy, has, Lamar, this is yours. Mm-hmm. It's your toy, baby. So what are we hearing about Lamar? He's studying more tape. Bec- why? Because he's got to to be able to do what he's got to do on exactly. Sundays. Before he wasn't asked to do anything; just run around. I can do up. that in my sleep. Right. <laughs> you know, that's why I play video games. On now, I get, those video games are now film. The video games were the only time he was able to audible at that at yeah. that point. So, but I mean, uh, G roll would not let him do nothing. Yeah. And the other thing that's you know, like with Wink too, Wink didn't allow the freedom of the pass rushers. That mm-hmm. if they if they had this gap, they could not rush inside or do those kind of things.
3: Let's hear one more from Todd Munken before we go to break here. We've talked a lot about the struggles on some of the deep balls. Here's Todd Munken talking about the deep ball.
7: Sometimes you have those called in other games and the ball doesn't find that spot. Uh, ends up a check down or ends up you have a breakdown in protection. So to the naked eye may feel like we took more shots and I'd have to go back and look at it. But we certainly have the same amount within reasons. When you're looking at screens, get the ball out, rhythm throws, movements, play actions and drop backs. We try to stay within a certain window uh, the best we can. Certain games go another way than others. Like I said, sometimes the ball finds them, you know. Look, I, I think
3: they're throwing the deep ball definitely more than they were at the very start of the
5: year. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the – They had chunk <laughs> plays that whole – Cordell, right. they had the ball 10 minutes, had 220-some yards. Mm-hmm. The chunk plays are definitely there,
7: like yeah. you
3: said, and I think that's more so what it's about. And it's not even necessarily the deep ball. I guess that depends on what you define as a deep ball. But it's in terms of the explosive plays, the 20-plus-yard plays, they are getting those more often
5: now. Well, the other thing is, is, you know, how's the secondary playing? Because the Rams were playing extremely aggressive mm-hmm. in the back end, jumping things. Now, I, I think against these guys, Jacksonville, If they're playing really soft and stuff, I think it'll be tougher to get deep shots.
3: Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll play a little buy or sell. We'll check in on the stock market. We'll bring in my guy Quick Draw. answer some questions in the world of sports. That's next here on the fan. Okay,
0: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
1: are you buying Great cash, homie. or are you selling I'm not going to buy into that crap Sponsored by Window Nation
2: there's so much to love about the fall especially the return of Window Nation's best offer of the year get two windows free for every two you buy plus pay nothing for two years call 866-90NATION or online at windownation.com
1: 1057 A Fan
3: Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan on this featured artist Friday. Cordell Woodland here for the Bobster. Still with Vinny Serrato. Still with Quick Draw McGraw behind the glass. We're playing a little buy or sell. Vinny, how's
5: the stock market? Pretty flat today. The Dow's up 22. The S&P's up 44 cents. Uh, the Nasdaq's up 56. DraftKings is down 46 cents. Under Armour's down 11 cents. So pretty flat today for a mm-hmm. Friday.
6: We'll get things started here in the NFL in the MVP race. Brock Purdy, he is the betting favorite right now among a handful of guys who are in the conversation, but one of his own teammates could also be considered a dark horse to win. Talking about Christian McCaffrey, who earlier this season was seemingly breaking one of Jerry Rice's franchise records on a weekly basis. Kyle Shanahan was asked earlier this week, hey, who's your pick? MVP, It's like picking your favorite child. He couldn't answer, but he did say he just hopes one won't take away votes from the other in the end. By sell, Vinny, McCaffrey could cost Purdy the award by siphoning some votes.
5: Oh, no question about it. There is no doubt about that, and that could help um, Lamar. I, I still think the decision is g- going to come down to these... Um, last few games and it could be the Niners Ravens game on Christmas night
6: Uh, in the NBA Draymond Green we brought this up earlier he's been suspended indefinitely for his latest on-court altercation throughout his career had plenty of run-ins with everyone from star players down to bench players made a lot of enemies along the way but the one constant has been the support of his head coach we heard from Steve Kerr earlier his teammates have always had his back as well But with this latest suspension having no end in sight, he's hurting his team more than he ever has in the past. Buy or sell Cordell. The patience from Draymond's teammates will soon run out.
3: Um, I'll sell that. I I I think that they're still going to be a closely-knit team. Steph is there, and as long as Steph is on board, everybody else will be on board. But I will say... You mentioned Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr has enabled him. Is Steve Kerr calling him out on some of the instances that he's has as of late? But like you said earlier, it's been more than those three instances throughout Draymond's career and Steve Kerr has never said anything about it. He kind of just lets it go. So I think that they have helped create this monster that is Draymond Green today. But no, I don't think the rest of the team will fall back until Steph throws in the towel on him.
6: Back in the NFL still a number of teams, uh- ton of teams in playoff contention uh, to log jam in the AFC you got I don't even know how many teams sitting there at seven and six meanwhile in the NFC a log jam of six and seven teams so this led Douglas Clawson of CBS Sports to rank the teams currently with a losing record based on their chances to make the playoffs his top pick was the Rams who moved to six and seven under 500 after losing to the Ravens last Sunday behind them in order Packers, Buccaneers, and then Falcons coming <coughs> fourth. Vinny, are you buying or selling that the Rams have the best shot of that group to make the playoffs?
5: I think they may be the best 6 and 7 team. You know, so does that give them the best shot? They're playing good. They got a big-time quarterback. They got receivers. They got a star on defense. Their secondary is very good. They don't have a pass rush. That's the problem. So, I I'll uh I'll I'll because I, I said it before the Ravens game, uh, Norm, that even if they lost to the Ravens, there was three of their four next games that they could win, and then the last one was the Niners, but the Niners may not need it, and then they would be playing their backup, so they're going to have a real good chance.
6: I guess the only thought I had was Buccaneers-Falcons, somebody's got to win that to NFC South, so yeah. there will be uh, one of those two will make it. Uh, Rams could make it as well, but uh, over in college football... Alabama quarterback Jalen Milroe, he got some Heisman attention this year after leading the Crimson Tide to a spot in the college football playoff. But as impressive as he was at times, he did have his down games as well. Not quite on the NFL radar just yet, so he's decided he's going to uh, not enter the draft. He'll return to Alabama next year. Buy or sell Cordell. Uh, Milroe's decision will pay off with an even better 2024.
3: I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I like the kid. I, I like the way that he finished the year. I, I mean, he had some big-time games, some big-time moments uh, for sure. So it, it, he clearly has talent. I agree. I don't think he's NFL ready maybe today. Um, but you look at the quarterback class next year's not very deep right now, at least on the surface level today. That that could obviously change once we get to next season. But, yeah, I like Milrow. I think the, the extra year with Saban in that offense will do him good.
6: And we'll close with this. We know the NFL is always having conversations about potential rule changes, ways to improve the game. And right now, player safety, Phillies tush-push, whatever you want to call it, that's garnered the most attention. But another disliked rule is under the microscope. Troy Vincent said that they're discussing the current touchback rule where a player fumbles out of the end zone. Right now, if a ball carrier fumbles the ball short of the goal line, the ball rolls into the end zone and somewhere out of bounds at that point. The defense is given possession at the 25 yard line. It's a touchback. Vinny sell? this rule is one that definitely needs to be changed.
5: Yeah, I'll buy that. That's a huge costly thing for, you know, a team that's going down there and fumbling. It goes out of bounds. I mean, I I uh, I like that if they change that.
3: Speaking of the rule changes, the the tush push has been brought up a lot. What, what is your feeling on the touch push Because because mine has changed over time. I hated it initially. It's not that I love the play. I still don't love the play. Um, but when I see other teams aren't able to do it the way that the Eagles are, I, I, I'm actually okay with it at this point.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's just um, low man wins, mm-hmm. bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, and Philly does it better than anybody. Yep. You know, and... I mean, we've I, seen some
3: teams in the division stop it. We've seen the commanders stop it. I think the Giants have stopped it before. I mean, very, very rare do you stop uh, it.
5: Right. I saw Troy Vincent said that we're not even looking at that. Yeah. I mean, that's just something that Philly does better than everybody else. I mean, you know, point you can make, Tom Brady was like mm-hmm. unstoppable he doing, was. doing his quarterback sneaks and there was no tush-push or whatever you want to call it.
3: Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll go cross enemy lines. We'll hear from Clay Harbor, former Jags tight end, also does a podcast on the Believe Network. We'll talk to him about the Jags, about their injury issues. How is he feeling about this matchup against the Ravens on Sunday night? We'll talk to Clay Harbor next here on the.
1: Sports 24 1057. The voice of the fan.
3: Vinny and Haney back here on this featured artist Friday. We're playing Promise all the way up until two o'clock, we're inside access will take over from there. Cordell Woodland here for Bob Haney, still with Vinny Serrato. My guy, Quick Draw McGraw, behind the glass, joining us now. Via the WGK Law guest hotline, we got former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbour who now works with the Believe Podcast Network. What's going on, Clay?
8: Not a lot, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on.
3: For Mm -hmm. sure, man. Appreciate the time. And we know the Ravens and the Jags are gearing up for that Sunday night matchup. What do you make of the Jags at this point of the year? They were favorites coming into the year to win the AFC South. That division has turned out to be a lot closer than we initially thought. Some injury issues as of late, I'm sure, are hampering the Jags. But where they are right now, still in the running for even the first seed in the AFC, how do you feel about this team?
8: It's not been a good couple of weeks for the Jaguars. First, they lost to a guy named Jake Browning and then a man named Joe Flacco who needed a wheelchair to get on the field. I mean, to have Joe Flacco come off the couch and and, and beat you, when you do have Trevor Lawrence playing, with a Cleveland Browns team that's been, you know, injured, just very injury-prone, is, uh, is not good. And the defense isn't looking great. The offense isn't looking great. So, overall, right now, it is not a good time in Duval. You're, you're only able to sack Joe Flacco one time, and your defensive line has been doing a good job previously with, obviously, with Josh Allen having a big year. And then Trevor Lawrence throwing three interceptions and getting sacked four times. You can't have that if you want to win football games. So right now is a tough moment for for Jacksonville. Obviously, they're still in first place in the South, but you would expect them to be a little further along and trending in the opposite direction
5: than what they are right now. Clay, when I watched the film of the Browns game, you know, I watched the defensive front in the uh, the run game, and I'm saying, "Damn, these guys fundamentally are real good. They get off of blocks and everything, and the linebackers run the ball." And then I said, "All right, let me let me watch." the Bengal game and, you know, where they play a home game. And I'm like, holy, where that defense? That That is total opposite. They couldn't get off blocks. They were sticking on blocks. They were spread out. You know, linebacker, they were missing tackles. I mean, which defense will it be Sunday night?
8: I mean, that's been the question. Yeah, they're holding running backs to 3.7 yards per carry on the year. Quarterbacks to 4.1 yards per carry on the year. So those are solid numbers. They're they're, they're the 3.7 yards per carry for running backs is fifth best in the NFL. So they have been good in this season in, in getting off of blocks and stopping the run game. And that's been something they've been able to do. But lately these last couple of weeks, they haven't been very efficient at it. You'll get a couple stops here, but they'll give up the big run. So it's going to be important for them, obviously with, with, uh, Lamar coming in to see what they can do in the run game defending that so they've been good top five in the league against the running backs averaging 3.7 yards per carry but of late they have been giving up big chunk plays. so that's something you have to wait and see about Foye is a really good running back he's really intelligent he gets this defense in line follow Fadakasi uh, Trayvon Walker is a guy that's really stepped up in the run game, setting the edge. Josh Allen can play the run in the past. So they got some guys up front, but for whatever reason, at home this year especially too, and in the past, they, they haven't been as successful.
3: Clay, I know Christian Kirk just uh, got injured, what, about two mm, games yeah. ago. Uh, but this last game was the first full game you got to see without him. What if, What's the impact that him not being out there, what's the impact that's causing on that offense?
8: Huge, man, huge. These receivers without Kirk just don't seem to be able to get the job done. Combined, Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley had 27 targets. Of the 27 targets that these two guys got from Trevor Lawrence, they caught nine. 27 targets, you catch nine. To me, that says it all. They're not getting open. They're dropping balls. They're not on the same page as Trevor. They're running. It just doesn't seem like some of these turnovers, too. These interceptions. It doesn't seem like they're on the same page. Like they're running routes a step deep, a step slow, not getting their head around. So Christian Kirk is a huge loss for this Jaguars team. Unfortunately, I'm usually a guy that's very optimistic about the Jaguars team, but what I've seen without Kirk, I am not very optimistic heading forward. He is a huge player for this team and he's the number one you know Calvin Ridley up and down year he's a guy that can make plays but he's shown this year that he's not your number one receiver he can't be that guy from what I've seen this year he's not the number one receiver and Zay Jones is a guy that's caught a lot of balls in this league but he's also a guy that needs to be a two or a three without Kirk that pushes these guys up to one and two receivers and they're just not that the one bright spot I will say Evan Ingram had 11 catches and two touchdowns last week. He's a matchup problem for for linebackers. Obviously, you guys got Roquan Smith, who's one of the most uh, athletic linebackers in the league. The guy can run, he can guard, he can tackle, he can blitz, he can do it all. Love Roquan. But uh, he is, is, uh, Evan Ingram is having a great year. He's third in receiving yards for tight end, actually second, excuse me, and second in receptions as well, so this guy can play.
5: Clay, what's what's the issue with the pass defense? They're ranked 31st. I'm not big on their corners. I don't think the corners are very good. They either play really soft or if they're playing up in press man coverage, they don't cover very well. Um, so what's the issue with the pass defense?
8: Yeah, they've just been struggling. And when they don't get pressure, it's, it's it's it seems like it's always a completion. And Trey Herndon passed concussion protocol, so it seems like he should be back for the game. But overall... They've struggled there. You know, that's something that uh, that Caldwell really wants to to work on is is that quarterback position. And, you know, I, I think he's got to use some some different schemes there because if they don't get pressure, if Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, if you're not getting to the quarterback, more often than not, it's really tough for this Jaguars team to stop anybody in the pass game.
3: Clay, Travis Etienne, he's a guy that started the year off really hot, explosive plays, it felt like, on a weekly basis. Been a little quiet as of late. He's gotten rushing touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, but outside of that, the production hasn't been as eye-popping as it was in the first half. What, what's going on with him?
8: Yeah, it's uh, been a lot of struggles with that offensive line. I think ETN, you know, really isn't to blame, but, you know, that offensive line has is, is been tough. Obviously, you have some, some serious injuries. Cam Robinson is out for the year. Walker Little was out. Ezra Cleveland was out. I mean, there were some guys that were, were going through it. Luke Fortner just isn't able to move anybody. you got a rookie right tackle. I like Anton Harrison, and Brandon Sheriff has been banged up too. So these guys are more positional blocking, and yeah. if you're not able to scheme them with the pin and pulls, with the outside zone, you're not going to run power. You're not going to run ISO. You're not going to run duo against team with this, with this up front crew you got here. But the offensive line just have not been moving, guys, and it's been really tough for Etienne, and you don't have this huge, efficient passing game that would help open up that running game a little bit that you thought you might.
5: Clay, I totally agree with you watching the film. I mean, because I think it was Blake Hentz was the left tackle, and he, he struggled pretty good, you know, against Garrett. And uh, I, I thought the whole left side of the line in the center were the weakest parts. And I'm like you. I Like Harrison, I think he's athletic and, and can do those things. But nobody – Knocks people off the ball, and I t- won't no. agree 100. percent Their position blocks. Would you say that Etienne is also having problems because he's a little or back? And towards the end of the year, and they don't use he plays about what about 90 percent of the time.
8: Yeah, he's getting he's getting a ton of carries. He's got he's got some of the most uh, the uh, the highest amount of carries in the entire NFL. But I like Etienne. He is smaller, but. You know, he's a guy that's actually a lot
5: stronger than he looks. But is he wearing down, nine, Clay? Five, is he wearing down towards the end? That's that's what I'm saying.
8: Yeah, he's a guy that's got a ton of carries. Yeah. And he's only averaging 3.7 yards per rush. And, you know, that's not good. I mean, let's be honest, that's not good. He does have nine touchdowns and 800 yards, which is top five in the NFL. And carries, he's third. Third most carries in the entire NFL. So he's a guy that can take a pounding. He is 215 pounds, though he doesn't look like it. I mean, he's a decent-sized guy, 5'9", 5'10". He's not too tall. So he is close to the ground there, but he's taking a lot of carries. And he's a guy that takes a pounding. I don't think he's a guy that slows down in the end of the game. I really appreciate what what ETN does in the the running game. But also, in the passing game, you can't forget this guy has 44 receptions Mm -hmm. this year. He had 58 last year Mm and 500 yards. He got 383 yards this year in the, in the passing game as well. So he's a guy that can do a lot of different things, and they keep him on the field a lot. And he's a guy that is earning his money, his check, every time he goes home. He is a, he's a guy that plays really hard, and the team loves him. So I got nothing but good things to say about ETN. And, I, you know, I think uh, the offensive line is the main reason you're not seeing him stand out with that 3.7 yards per carry this year.
3: We're talking to Clay Harbour from Believe Podcast. It's Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. And Clay, uh, looking at you guys' division, looking at the AFC South real quick, obviously the you guys, are the Jags are still at the top, but you've got the Colts who right who are right behind you. The Colts currently have the seventh seed in the AFC, and you got the Texans with the same record as the Colts. Both of those teams right on your heels. How confident <clears throat> are you in the Jags being able to close out this season and, and win the AFC South?
8: Not very, man. I mean I hope they I hope they do. If you think back to last year, you know, the Jaguars were three and seven, and they had the 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 uh the Ravens game. They beat the Ravens, and since that game, they're fifteen and seven, and they went on to win a playoff game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has won more playoff games than Lamar Jackson. So I think that they still can do it, but I'm not confident in it because you got two teams sitting right there. and The Jaguars just lost to Jake Browning and Joe Flacco. I know you guys love Joe Flacco. I'm not trying to talk bad on Joe Flacco out there in Baltimore. You guys are big Flacco guys. But, I mean, this guy's getting up there, came off his couch, and threw for 300 yards against your pass defense. So, overall, I think that they're still the favorite to win. But even the Colts with Gardner Minshew – I think he's a, he's a game manager. He can do it. And then C.J. Stroud has been impressive. So, you know, overall, I think it's, uh, you know, I'd give the Jaguars like a 60% chance to win the division, but there is that 40 that the Colter Texans can come back. And, I mean, the, the Titans are still in it even. So they're even in the picture.
5: Hey, uh, Clay, how does Jacksonville win Sunday night? They don't.
8: Um, (laughs) unfortunately I don't think they do but if they are going to win I think this offensive line is going to have to establish some run game these receivers without Christian Kirk aren't just going to open up a game and and beat defensive backs and 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 do anything game changing so you got to establish the run make the make the the Ravens uh, honor the run game and then you can get some shots downfield and you gotta hit Evan Ingram over the middle mm-hmm. in the middle of the field because you just don't have those outside guys. Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones haven't shown that they're able to do that. And then you gotta you gotta hope that Lamar Jackson has an off night. I mean your defense, your pass defense definitely ain't doing nothing to trick him, but you just gotta hope that he has an off night. And it's an away game. I know that the the Colts, I mean excuse me, the Ravens are five and one on the road this year. So that's another thing. This team knows how to go on the road and win. So for me, you just got to hope Lamar has an off night, establish the run, which opens up the pass down the field because you don't have Christian Kirk. So I think it'll be it's a tall task for the Jaguars. I think there's a small chance, but in my opinion, I don't think it's going to be very close.
3: Clay, appreciate your time today, man. Let us know about your podcast on the Believe Network.
8: Absolutely. Yeah. I host a podcast on the Believe Network. It's called Believe in Jaguars. And we talk everything Jaguars a couple times a week and just get you guys prepared for the upcoming game. And then we always make sure to look back at the game. Unfortunately, I think when we look back on our Tell the Truth Monday episode, we're not going to be saying anything too good. And the, the Ravens are probably going to be coming out of Duval with a win. But, you know, there's always a chance.
3: Clay, appreciate your time. Everybody here in Baltimore hopes you're right about your prediction (laughs) about Sunday night's game, man. But appreciate you making some time for us today. We'll talk again down the line. Thanks, Clay. All
8: right. Appreciate it, guys. Yep.
3: Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll continue to look at this matchup between the Ravens and the Jags, which is happening on Sunday Night Football (coughs) in Jacksonville. Vinny will tell us his stats for this game. Look at both of these teams. That's next here on The Fan. Um.
1: Vinny and Haney crunch the numbers. Sunday Stats Preview, 105.7 The Fan.
3: Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland here for Bob Haney still with Vinny Serato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we'll feed you some NFL lunch. We'll talk a little more about Brandon Staley and the GM being fired out in LA today after that massive blowout against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders last night. But right now we're talking Raiders and Jags, and Vinny's got some stats for us. Uh,
5: yeah, we're we're talking Ravens and Jags. Yeah. Oh, what, I thought you said What'd Raiders. Raiders. Did I say Raiders? I don't know. I might have. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the Jags are Jacksonville's plus two turnover ratio. Now, defensively, 24th overall. They're ranked 24th, 357 yards a game. And then points, they give up 22.3 points per game. They're 21st. I mean, they score 24, give up 22. Mm -hmm. So they're in tight games a lot. A lot of times. Pass defense, they give up 265 yards a game. They're ranked 31st. Now, pass attempts, they're 31st again. They're... 500 pass attempts against them. 500. Completion percentage? 66%. They're 20th. Average per completion? 7.3. We'll take that, Cordell. Yeah. They're ranked 22nd. Touchdown passes? They give up a bunch. 22 of them. They're 29th. Interceptions? They're 9th with 13. Sacks? They don't get them. They're 27th. With 27. Now, rush defense, they're fourth. 92 yards a game. Rushing attempts, four, 302. So, Cordell, 500 passing attempts against them, 300 rush attempts. 200 difference. Mm-hmm. So, it tells you that people are throwing a heck out of the yep, ball on them. And that's what they're going to do. Average per rush, 11, uh, the 11th, 4.2. Now, third downs are really good. They're fifth, 35.4. And I think a lot of that probably is, because they're so good against the run, a lot of third and longs. Mm-hmm. Red zone, they're 19th defensively. They get 56%. Penalties, they're 28th most. 88 penalties. So they get a lot. They're pass defense. So I'm guessing they get a lot of PIs and stuff too because pa- they get a lot of penalties on defense. Now, when you look at their defense, that Foyzad Ola Kuntz. Number 23, when you're watching him on Sunday. Fast. He's got 138 tackles. Eight tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, pot five pass defense, one interception, one touchdown. So he's a good player. And then Devin Lloyd, I remember him out of Utah. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I didn't like, he could run, but he wasn't physical at all, if I recall. But he's got 99 tackles, seven pass defense. And then their next Tacklers are their two safeties, which that's kind of what I see. I see them getting involved heavily in the run. But, I mean, Cordell, when you look at their sacks, and like we said, they're 27th in sacks, you know, with 27. Josh Allen's got 13 and a half. Mm -hmm. Trayvon Walker has five. That's it. That's all their sacks. That is all their sacks. Now, offensively, uh, total offense, they're 11th, 342 points scored like i said they're ninth 24 passing ninth 243 yards a game pass attempts 11th with 466 uh completion percentage seventh 67.2 pretty good average per completion 11th 7.2 touchdown passes 18th with 17 mm-hmm. interceptions are 18th he's, he's thrown 10 Three last week, like we said. Mm-hmm. Sacks, 14th, 33. He doesn't get sacked a ton. Now rushing, they're 24th. 24th, 99.8 yards. They're getting 100 yards a game rushing. And Lawrence can run the ball. Right,
3: and ETN only has 100-plus-yard rush game this
5: year. Now rush attempts, they're 10th, 365. So they th- they throw it, 466, rush at 365. So they, they do attempt to run it a lot. Now, their average per rush, they're 30th, 3.6. Right. They Like Clay said, they get no more. The offensive line is the issue. Yep. Third down, they're not great. 20th, 37.5. Red zone, they're 11th, 57.8. Penalties, they're 26 low. They don't get a lot of penalties offensively. They've only had 68 where the defense has had 20 more. Now, when you look at Trevor Lawrence, he's 20, 299 of 499. For 32-61, 7.3 average, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 31 sacks, 91-2 quarterback rating, and he's got 59 rushes for 259, a 4.4 average, and four rushing touchdowns. Now, Etienne, 219 rushes, 8.06, 3.7 average, nine touchdowns, zero fumbles, and he's got five 20-plus rushing plays. And he's got 44 catches for 383, averages 8.7 with one touchdown, two catches, 20 plus. Cordell, this is the impressive thing 416 yak yards.
8: Mm -hmm. Very impressive. Yep, and 56
5: targets. Now, Ridley, who we've been talking about, he's got 55 for 742, averages 13.5, five touchdowns, 14 plays over 20 yards. He's only got 144 yak yards. Mm -hmm. 97. Here's the thing, 55 catches, 97 targets. He's like every other one is a miss. And then Ingram, Ingram's stud, 84 for 701, averages 8.3 with three touchdowns, eight catches over 20 yards, 401 yak. He can run. Yeah, he can. 103 targets. And then Zay Jones is 23 for 215. Uh, two touchdowns two plays over 20 32 ta- uh 32 yak yards so i mean that is kind of the offensive guys and then Brandon McManus the kicker is good kicker it's 24 28 10 of 12 between 40 and 49 5 of 7 50 plus 30 for 30 pats and then Logan Cook the punter he's got a 47 1 average but his net is 43 2 which is excellent
3: i'll tell you one other guy on the offense that I'm not going to say you need to game plan for it, but you got to keep your eye on him. Parker Washington, he's got touchdowns in back-to-back games now since Christian Kirk has gone down, not getting a ton of volume, not make, making Turner a huge too. splash. right? But he, he, when he finds the end zone in back-to-back weeks, it at least lets you know that they're looking at him. And I think in the game that Christian Kirk got hurt in, he ended up having six targets in that game and caught all six <laughs> of them. So definitely don't want to fall asleep on him as well coming up next here on Vinny and Haney we will feed you some NFL lunch we'll look a little closer at the situation out in LA with the Chargers, with Brandon Staley and the GM both being fired we'll also talk other NFL news as well next here on the fan
0: you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe visit
2: HyundaiUSA.com for more details Hyundai there's joy in every journey